Australia's number one mumcast is NHM I Got It From My Mama with Beck and Sarge. For the little unicorn, explore, play, discover, grow. Beck and Sarge. And we are joined by Rachel Sheldrick today for our Mama Drives episode. We are talking all things cars. Rachel is uh, the number one business coach for mechanics and mechanic workshops in Australia and New Zealand, known as the Workshop Whisperer also. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, ladies. Beck said, what does Rachel know about cars? And I said, she knows everything. So this is exciting to have you on. When people are thinking about uh, buying, you know, status symbols aside, Rachel, a really good family car, size family car, and they don't want to go to the repair shop too often, what would you suggest they get? Oh, gosh. This might actually get me into trouble, Mel, because <laughs> I was always told by my, uh, by my ex-husband that I could own anything as long as it uh, remained under warranty. So for me, that perhaps meant brands and things that uh, most mechanics wouldn't be seen dead in. Like I had a Jeep and I loved it. Uh, However, many Jeeps. Many Jeeps have uh, have lots of problems, and they're quite the joke of the um, of the automotive world. But I think for um, you know mums out there, particularly who uh, who have a a couple of kids and there's a bit of wear and tear, and you need a you know a decent sized boot. You know, a, a mid-sized um, SUV like a um, Toyota Kluger uh, or something that's a station wagon. I drive a station wagon, an Audi station wagon. But it's just something that um, she feels safe in. There's even these days a lot of the Korean or Japanese imported cars like Hyundai's. They're really good value for money and they will last um, as long as you take care of them and Get them in for their servicing on schedule. Just don't go past your, um, your service date because that's when you start to run up costly repairs. A friend of mine just bought a Hyundai, I think Kona, the new one, and they said they're so impressed with it compared to the old days, as you were saying. Yeah, I think um, back in the day it was a bit of a joke, you know, lots of plastic parts and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and, you know, now Australia doesn't have a vehicle manufacturing industry. We really can't bang on about Ford and Holden. Uh, you know, the Holdens are German now, or European at least. What we really should be looking for is, you know, something that's fuel efficient and uh, yes. has all of I've the... I've had a few guzzlers. Uh, you know, <laughs> all of the communication and functionality things that we want, like, you know, make sure we've got Bluetooth and so that we're not touching our phones, having everything that's convenient that a busy mum would want. In her car. NHM, I got it from my mama. Would love your support. To help out, review us in your podcast app. Win incredible mama and family experiences at nhmnewcastlehuntermamas.com. We're super proud to be sponsored by the Little Unicorn Early Education Centres at Honeysuckle, Broadmeadow and Charlestown Square. They're locally owned and child focused and all of their educators are highly trained and love children. My kids go to the Little Unicorn Charlestown and I'm so happy with their development. Not only that, but all the food is cooked uh, on site. Their menu varies from season to season and you don't even have to provide nappies the little unicorn does it all discover more the little explore play discover grow let's scroll together nhm newcastle hunter mamas on facebook and instagram 
going back to when you talked about the warranty side of things, do you um, – my car's still under warranty, thank God, because so I mine. can't get rid of yeah. that car because I've got four kids and they need to fit in. We've got a huge <laughs> Kia Carnival and I cannot get any other car. <laughs> but at the moment it's, it's got a 10-year warranty on it. So do you recommend that when my car gets to, say, nine and a half years old that I then go for the upgrade and keep try and keep your, your car constantly under the warranty? I'm unaware of uh, a 10-year warranty. Yeah, that's that correct. Yeah, well, I've got a 10-year service in- service warranty guarantee is what she said. Oh, okay. So so the car would have come with the initial manufacturer's warranty and you yep. may have purchased, yep. pa- yep. Um, purchased more uh, for a, it. An extra plan at the dealership. That's right. Which is the dealership's way of tying you to them. <laughs> that I don't, <laughs> don't actually agree with. So I, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to make you feel bad or anything like that. No. I'm, I'm sure it's all above board, but it is the dealer's way of, of getting you mm. to return to them, which isn't necessarily the best thing. In my role as a business coach for independent mechanics, the best mechanics in the industry actually work outside of dealerships, I have to say that. So the, the dealership tying you into this plan where you can only go to them actually you know, stops you from accessing those great technicians. So you know, mm. the manufacturer will give you a warranty when you purchase the car, you, you don't even need to go to the uh, back to the dealership to have your vehicle serviced inside the manufacturer's warranty. If you go to an authorised independent repairer, they will maintain your warranty. I did not know that. No. There you go. Gosh, I didn't know yeah. that. So the, deal, the dealership wants you to believe that you must go to the dealership, but that is yes. not the truth. And it's uh, the ACCC in Australia sees that as anti-competitive. So all independent, licensed, light vehicle motor uh, mechanics are um, authorised to service your vehicle and hold your warranty. God, that's frustrating. I know (laughs) that you can get, Rachel, luxury European cars rather cheaply, but they can Mm -hmm. cost a lot in repairs and also parts. Mm -hmm. Would you avoid secondhand European cars if you don't date a mechanic? I think any vehicle you should uh, know the long-term repair and maintenance cost, you know, as the cars get older. And there are a number of sort of websites or associations that uh, you can look up that try and provide you with that ongoing data of cost as the car ages. In terms of the more expensive European models, I, I wouldn't buy a European car or um, or anything else that Range Rover, Land Rover coming out of uh, the UK unless you are prepared to spend more than if you were buying something at the cheaper end. Mm-hmm. So you need to you need to do your homework in advance. You know, if this car's ten years old and it's been serviced on time, you know, what are the expected costs moving forward? You do need to investigate that stuff. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to buy a vehicle with a logbook so you can see its mm-hmm. service history. What about tyres? Does it matter? Do you need the top of the range or can you get the cheapest? Or I wouldn't put the cheapest tyres on my car and drive my children around in them. Yeah. Uh, I think there's great value in mid-range tyres and you know there's even case for spending money on the most expensive tyres in the market. It all depends on what you use the car for. If you get out and four-wheel drive, Seriously, on the weekends, you know, you're going to want a better quality of tyre and you should be prepared to spend more money than, um, you know, if you're just cruising um, down to the shops and back every day. But the reason that there are cheap 
tyres is the same reason that there's cheap cars, you know. People have got different price points, but you've just got to, if you can, go for the one in the middle as a starting point uh, because you will generally get good value for money and quality in the mid-range. What if you are needing to save a little bit of money and but you still want to obviously get a safe family car for, for your family? What kind of mm-hmm. brands would you look at for that are not on the top-of-the-line models? Do you mean uh, brand new or secondhand? Probably brand new. I think staying away from the luxury models. New car sales have been in decline in Australia for the last three years. So dealerships are working really hard to sell new cars at the moment. So there's probably bargains out there in every price point uh, because they are struggling to sell them. So, you know, the economy is uncertain and whenever it is, people don't buy new cars, they hold on to them for longer. What I would suggest, rather than a particular manufacturer or model, is that if there's something that you like, that you don't just go to one dealership for it, shop around, make phone calls to Sydney, see what you can, uh, what you could do um, price-wise to get the best price at the moment. What about Gumtree? Now, I know my partner is always trawling Gumtree and sending me cars. What are some (laughs) things that could go wrong? I can tell you one thing that went wrong on Gumtree, which as someone with a law degree, I was not happy with myself for, but uh, my partner didn't do a check and it turns out that the car we bought had finance on it. Oh, no. I couldn't believe it. And it was – I think it was was a party before the party – who even sold it to us. So I thought that I studied in law school that um, we weren't then responsible. But when we went to the dealership and they offered us a six grand trade-in on it, they couldn't take it at the end of the day, obviously, because there was finance owing on it. Yeah. And the bank won't even talk to us about the finance. Yeah, it's very much let the buyer beware. I think if everybody remembers back to when they bought their first car, perhaps somewhere like Gumtree is where we all started out. Uh, (laughs) But you need to do a check before you purchase any vehicle when you're buying it privately and and do your homework. There's there's many different ways to buy a car. You know, you've got car sales as well online. There's car brokers, a good one in Newcastle, Auto Advantage. And then you've obviously got the car yards and the dealerships. But yeah, you've you've got to do your homework if you're buying secondhand. And what about trade-in? Do you think it's a good idea or do you think you're better off to sell your car privately first and then go and buy one? I think it depends on... uh, on how much time you have and if selling the car privately is actually worth the time to you waiting for a better price. I recently used um, Auto Advantage that that I was just talking about to sell my car for me and was sold somewhere separate to where I purchased my car, uh, which saved me the hassle of putting it up to sale privately. But I think, you know, wherever we're trying to maximise how our own money works, then us getting a private sale ourselves uh, would usually be the best way to go. Just all depends on the individual and how much money they got to spend. Mel and I aren't in this boat, but what Not about yet. when? <laughs> what about when the kids get a bit older? What would be if you're one of those people in that boat? What would be a good first car for kids to start driving on? I actually have a, a 16 year old, so I'm in this position wow. at the moment, and you know she obviously drives the family car while she's learning. She actually bought a car with her dad at the end of last year which was a manual and she started trying to learn to drive it as you would know things are a bit different these days you've you've got to get your license in a manual if you want to be able to drive one it wasn't like that when I got my my license no neither yeah but she just was so uncomfortable in it that she wasn't driving it and she actually just sold it 
So I think you have to really think about what they're going to drive long term and um, any smaller car, obviously, while they're, they're getting their confidence, you know, the little Toyota Echoes or Yaris's um, or the Nissan Micras, um, you know, if they're going to buy their own car. Um, but whatever you, uh, whatever they're driving around in, just make sure that it's checked out by a licensed repairer before they get on the road with it. Because, you know, if they're buying it themselves, you know, they might have saved up 1000 or 3000 or $5,000 to buy it. Uh, you want to make sure that it doesn't need another two, three, $5,000 worth of work just to make it safe. Of course not. So just make sure that, yeah, before the kids get out on the road that their cars are checked by a licensed repairer so that you, you feel peace of mind that they're okay out there. Yeah, that's true. I know that uh, my partner had a time where he's an engineer, but he used to be a mechanic and he was doing a mobile mechanic for a little bit of fun. And he uh, was fixing this girl's car and he said, wow, he just couldn't believe how unsafe it was and the parents could see all the dings in it. It wasn't only that, but it was unsafe to drive um, mechanically as well. And he said there's people driving around, kids driving around in these cars Mm. that are unsafe and they were cheap and, yeah, gosh, you've brought them up from zero to the age of 17. That's the last thing you want, isn't it, for something to go wrong with their car and for them to have an accident? Absolutely, yeah, that would be devastating. Rachel, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Whispering Loudly is her podcast, The Workshop Whisperer. Thank you. Bye. Let's scroll together. NHM Newcastle Hunter Mamas on Facebook and Instagram.